If I had known how many people would buy the podcast launch plan, I don't know if I would have created it. I created it as a guide that I could give to my friends and clients who asked me how to start a podcast, and I never intended to sell thousands of it. Welcome to Imperfect Action. I'm Steph Taylor. For years, I read all the books, downloaded all the freebies, and did all the courses. But it wasn't until I started taking Imperfect Action that my business had its first million-dollar year. Imperfect Action is about doing things before you're ready, prioritizing consistent action over perfect action, and moving forward, even when you're not sure you're doing it right. On this show, you can expect mindset advice, actionable marketing tips, and strategies to build a business that brings you more profit, more freedom, and even more joy. Are you on the list to get my daily biz boosters? Every day, I'll send you a bite-sized prompt designed to help you grow your business in a more intentional way. Sign up at stephtaylor.co forward slash DBB or at the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome back to Imperfect Action. This is episode 572. Today, I'm sharing all about the big mistake that I made in the year that my business hit a million dollars in annual revenue and what you can learn from that and also what I have learned from that because I'm a big believer in learning from your mistakes. I think one of the big uh, messages behind this podcast and about imperfect action in general is that there's no such thing really as making a mistake as long as you are learning from it. And I know that being open to mistakes in your business is a really great way to grow because if something works, great. We have that outcome we wanted. And if it doesn't work, now we can look at why it didn't work, what happened, what went wrong. And it's only now with about two years of hindsight that I can look back at 2020 and I can say, huh, okay, I could have probably done that differently. Maybe that wasn't the best thing, um, the best way to handle this in my business. So the lesson that I learned the hard way. Now, I want to talk a little bit about quick business growth because I had that in 2020. And generally, if your business grows really quickly, it's not going to be sustainable unless you have all of the foundations in place, which I did not. But now everybody wants the quick growth. And that was me as well. You know, I always, I was always like, Oh, I'm on the edge of this quick growth. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But the problem is that most of us, and I'm including myself in this, when we're on that edge of that quick growth and we really want it, we're not willing to put the time and the effort in to put our foundations into place, to build those foundations that will create the sustainable business. And like I said, this was me as well, but it's not just me. I noticed this time and time again with people in my audience who are like, oh, what is the right thing to say to my audience to make them buy? How can I get um, how can I get my course in front of thousands of people? How can I grow this? How can I grow that? But yet they're missing those foundations. And this was a lesson I really had to learn the hard way. So let me break down exactly what happened and what you can take away from my mistake. So back in 2020, the year that was an interesting year, let's put it that way, my business grew really quickly. I remember it being early I think it was about Feb, March 2020, and everybody around me was talking about, you know, this massive pandemic and the impending recession that was going to happen as a result of this. So I was sitting there freaking out. I was like, why? What, what's going to happen? Like, am I going to make any sales? 
am I going to have to close my business down? Um, you know, I actually had a job in insolvency a couple of years prior to that. So I thought, oh, well, you know, if, if the world goes belly up, I suppose I can always go back to that because then they'll be needing lots of people in insolvency. But what happened was in about, I think it was from April to May or March to April, my business went from about 10,000 monthly revenue to a 3000 uh, sorry, $350,000 a month, I believe it was, three, around there, in the space of a month, literally from like April to May or from March to April. I can't remember the exact dates. And all of this was thanks to one product, the podcast launch plan. In the space of 12 months, so, you know, in, well, actually, I think it was like literally just in 2020. I sold over a million dollars worth of this one product that was $197. Yeah, it was really high volume. There were a lot of customers and it was a relatively low price point product. So I could talk a lot about how selling high volumes of a product creates a lot of new issues. And I'm not going to, that's a whole nother episode on its own. It's one of the reasons I would rather sell fewer products at a higher price point than loads of products at a lower price point. But anyway, that's a whole nother episode. So what happened then with that higher volume? I didn't have the systems and processes in place for customer support. And I very quickly found that I had to put these into place because otherwise it was going to take up all of my time and energy. And customer support is a very energy draining task, particularly when it's your own business, it's your own product, you get a little bit defensive when somebody's like angry at you or, you know, they're like, oh, you didn't do this. And it's like, oh, okay, sorry. And it's really exhausting. So that was one of the mistakes, but I actually made a bigger mistake that took me a while to realize. And this one, the biggest one probably cost me, I'd say millions of dollars in sales. And I don't think I'm overestimating that when I say that's probably how much it cost. That mistake was not creating other offers for the people who were interested in the podcast launch plan, the people who were buying it, and also those who weren't buying it, but who had other related problems that I could solve. So for ex- let, let me talk a little bit about the podcast launch plan. It's a self-paced step-by-step guide to launch a podcast. That's essentially what it is. But to sell that guide, I had a free webinar and I had over a hundred thousand people who watched that free webinar in the space of 12 months. Over a 100,000 people watching that webinar, consuming my content, and they were all people who were interested in podcasting in some form. But not all of them were wanting to buy the podcast launch plan because some of them already had podcasts and they were simply watching my free webinar to learn how to grow their podcasts better. There were some who maybe weren't quite at the stage where they could launch a podcast yet. They had other problems that they needed to solve first. There were those who had or who wanted more one-on-one maybe, or they wanted some small group support rather than an entirely self-paced product. Now, I had more than 4,000 students in that time in 2020 who bought the podcast launch plan, and many of them had new problems that arose after they launched. For example, how do I keep growing my podcast once I've launched it? How do I stay consistent creating that content once I've launched it? How do I find guests for my interviews, et cetera, et cetera. Like there were all of these new problems that they didn't realize they had until after they started their podcast. And then they were like, okay, cool. Now I'm ready to learn how to grow my podcast. And in hindsight, I kick myself because I think I could have helped so many more people in so many different ways and generate a lot more sales as well. But this is a mistake you have to learn the hard way. So 
other than um, <laughs> other than that, here are three things you can learn from this mistake. Firstly, make sure you have your foundations in place as early as possible. They're not sexy, but really systems, support, processes, they are so necessary, even if you don't have a team yet. I think a lot of people think, oh, I have to wait until I have a team before it's worthwhile documenting my processes because it's just a process and I'm going to have to do it anyway. But documenting them early means you can easily delegate those tasks when your business starts to grow and you don't have the time to do it anymore. Because once your business grows, you're going to have less time than you have now. And suddenly you are going to have to find this time to document processes. I know it's time consuming, but you will, if your business grows, you will not have more time than you do right now until you get those things off of your plate. And that means you have to document them so you can delegate them. Customer support was the biggest one for me. And I suddenly had to scramble to put processes in place so that I could delegate this. It wasn't something I had already in place. And suddenly I had to find this time to put together this process and it took me a while and I had a few massive meltdowns before I managed to get that off my plate because it was intense. Now, if most businesses spent half the amount of time that they spend on Instagram, documenting their processes, setting up solid systems, etc., they would feel so much less burnt out. They would have more time. They would be doing way more to prepare their businesses for growth, but they don't, unfortunately. Now, your foundations also include things like your brand strategy, your messaging, your numbers, but none of these things are glamorous and sexy, so people skip them. You don't see people posting the behind-the-scenes shots of them doing their weekly cash flow budgeting because it's just not glamorous, but it's one of those things that is so important. And another important foundation to have in place, which brings me to the second thing you can learn from my mistake, and that is your offers what you sell, how much you sell it for, who it's for, what problems it solves, etc. These are so important. Your offers are so important. When I hear business owners complaining that they're not making enough sales, it really frustrates me when I then have a look and I see that either they've never actually told their audience what they sell, it's just like on their website and they're relying on people going to their website and inquiring, or they only have one way to work with them. That frustrates me even more. Now, you can't just solve this problem by throwing more offers at it. It's not a case of just add more ways to work with you. Think of how hard it can be to choose what to watch on Netflix. There's just so much to choose from and it's a really difficult decision process. So there's a bit of a strategy, a bit of an art and a science to choosing what to sell and how to price it. And that is something that I'm actually going to walk you through in my live workshop, which is happening on the 24th of November called Offer Less, Sell More, where you'll be able to intentionally design and refine your offer suite live with me on the workshop so you can make more sales, help a wider range of people, and escape the all-or-nothing revenue roller coaster. If you are interested in attending that, it's happening 24th of November. Grab your ticket at stephtaylor.co slash offers. There will be a link for this in the show notes as well. So then mistake number three that you can learn from, or lesson number three that you can learn from my mistake is to consider selling a lower volume, higher price point offer. I think if I had known how many people would buy the podcast launch plan, I don't know if I would have created it. I created it as a guide that I could give to my friends and clients who asked me how to start a podcast, and I never intended to sell thousands of it. And of course, because it is a fairly low price point, a lot of people who've bought it haven't even looked at it. Like there are people who have bought it who literally have not opened it. They're just 
they're like, oh yeah, one day I'll launch a podcast and I've got this course to do it. And it's just on their little shelf of things to do one day when they, you know, mysteriously have more time, which, you know, that day when we have more time never, never comes. Now, those who have been through the entire thing, they've who've completed it. They tell me it's amazing. They've launched their podcasts. They love it. But I also know that some people need more accountability than what a self-paced course can give them. And the very first time that I launched it, before I turned it into a self-paced guide, it was actually a group program that I launched. And that flopped. I think I sold two spots uh, and I refunded them in the end because I said, well, it's not really like it's not worth your time or my time to have a group program with two people in it. Um, so I knew that a group program wasn't what my audience wanted. But I also wonder if I should have created something that wasn't as high touch as a group program, but that had more support and accountability than a self-paced guide and maybe sold it at a higher price point. And that might still be something that I do. I might revamp the podcast launch plan one day and turn it into something with a bit more support. It is currently still available. Um, it is a fantastic product. I do not want to remove it completely because it, it has helped hundreds of people to launch their podcasts and you know, <laughs> thousands more to in the future one day launch their podcast when they actually decide that they're ready to do it. Um, but I also, I also do have an intention to one day in the future upgrade it potentially. Now, a couple of episodes ago, two episodes ago, I talked about, you know, the difference between selling a thousand units of a $10 product versus 10 units of a $1,000 product. And that product could be an ebook, it could be a course, it could be a group program, you know, it could be literally anything. But the product that it is, that's not relevant to what I'm trying to say here. I personally believe it is so much easier to deliver a better experience to fewer people at a higher price point than it is to deliver a good experience at a low price point. And I know you might say, yep, but I want to help people who can't afford a higher price point. And that's fine. But chances are that even if the content in your $10 product is as good as the content in your $1,000 product, they won't get the same level of result because they don't have the accountability or the support that comes in that $1,000 one. And if you say, well, I'm going to give them that accountability and that support for $10, then your business is not sustainable. There's no way you'll be able to run that business ongoing where you're giving that amount of your energy to somebody who is paying your business $10. This is a metaphor. I know that sounds ridiculous. It's a metaphor, um, an analogy, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you won't be able to give that much effort and energy to somebody who's paying you the lower price point, And then you do not have a sustainable business because you do not have the money to pay your bills. And then you can't help anybody. So that is, that's really, um, a bit of jamming on price points with offers. I know that's something that a lot of people struggle with is pricing your offers. And I don't think that enough of you consider the different amount of energy that you can give to fewer students paying a higher price point than you can to a massive volume of students who are, you know, paying a really low price point. Same with services. Um, this goes for services as well as for digital products, by the way. Um, I know I'm talking about digital products in this analogy, but this goes for services as well. So there you have it. Three things you can learn from my mistake, making sure that you have those foundations in place as early as possible making sure you know what offers you're selling, those price points. So you have things you can continually sell to your audience. You can solve various different problems that they have. And then considering selling a lower volume, higher price point offer. That is it for this episode. If you're not already subscribed to the show, hit the plus in Apple Podcasts or follow in Spotify. And if you haven't already left a rating and a review, I really would appreciate it if you took you know two seconds to do it. I do read every single one of them. 
and it means a lot to me and it helps people who are deciding to listen to the show to make that decision. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time.